Hey everyone, welcome to episode 133 of the Unfocused Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me as always is Andrew Brown. Car. <laughs> and Tori Wassana. Howdy, howdy. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about Iconfall and Andrew's wrap-up of that game. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, uh, which was quite calamitous for one of us. Uh, we're going to talk about the Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers color screen thingy, uh, and just some other chit-chat about the things we've been playing. So uh, with that, uh, let's get on with the latest Switch news. Okay, so the only thing to report this week is that the uh, Animal Crossing holiday update is live, which is going to bring uh, Turkey Day, aka Thanksgiving stuff, to Animal Crossing before delving right into the Christmas uh, celebrations with uh, trees with lights and present giving and and all that stuff. So good a time to say as any, I kind of stopped playing Animal Crossing over the last two weeks. Um, I got to that point where I was just doing it out of obligation rather than fun, and then that's never a a healthy relationship to have with the video games that you want to enjoy uh, so I will just be jumping in for events from now on uh, this being one of them I'll, I'll wait till uh, next week to check out what's new in for Turkey Day if we even get that stuff over in Australia um, yeah I think they said this is one that you can't actually uh, change your system clock to see the content for uh, which was uh, very intentional on their part. So, yeah, if there's anything new, I may not even be able to see it yet. Um, yeah, any excitement for this one amongst uh, you guys? The bigger news for me was being able to transfer my save to my Switch mm-hmm. Lite. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, that's uh, that's pretty big. Uh, I haven't decided whether I want to do that yet because the times I have played it, I have really enjoyed looking at it on the big screen and like having that option. Um it's one of those games where I like I'll sit on the couch and watch something on the TV while mm-hmm. playing it rather than making it my main focus that is a very uh, fair shout but then again also the main my main switch is also a portable so I can still play it portable <laughs> anyway. yeah for, for me the light kind of fits into my hands a bit better which is weird because mm-hmm. it's a large hands problem yeah but okay. the switch light kind of just fits in the palm of my hands more comfy whereas the other the big switch mm-hmm. just because uh, Animal Crossing is the sort of game where you get you lose track of time and so I always got like hand cramps playing it mm-hmm. for too long handheld on the big switch so but I think I can transfer the save back I just don't want to make a habit of doing that too often mm-hmm. yeah that, that's uh, pretty big news though it's something that people have wanted for ages um and possibly one of those additions that actually lends credence to the idea of a Switch Pro next year. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, Andrew is the uh, only American on, on the show, uh, token American. Um, Thanksgiving is a thing that's completely lost on us, so uh, is, is this something you're looking forward to delving into on Thanksgiving? Well, I'm a bad American because Thanksgiving is completely lost on me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a wasteful holiday with bad food. And I'm not a fan. <laughs> but uh, I joked about it on Twitter earlier this week that for people outside of America, it just looks like a Christmas dress rehearsal. Pretty much. Uh, actually, I used to work for a grocery store. And actually, in terms of selling food, Thanksgiving is the bigger holiday. And I think that's because mm. people spend all their food money on Thanksgiving. And then they have to buy gifts. And that 
break between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then by the time Christmas gets there, they have to uh, get a little more creative with their food budget. So Thanksgiving <laughs> is actually the bigger food holiday in the U.S. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. In Australia, it's all about seafood, apparently, but I've never had seafood on Christmas, so I don't know. Uh, that's weird. Never heard that one. Oh, it's like prawns and stuff. Uh, I don't know. In, in- in England, as a you know, for like the starter, we'd always have a prawn cocktail, but it would always be the big fancy roast with turkey and uh, yeah. one other meat. We did the ham and the chicken. Yeah, uh, here we used we usually do the turkey and the pork. I will say though, I've had pumpkin pie once. Pretty good. Really, I hate pumpkin. I hate pumpkin too. Pumpkin pie is not very pumpkiny at all. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe they should think about a, a rebrand. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so that's it. Um, look forward to delving into that at some point. I'm more excited for the Christmas element than anything, uh, and probably the New Year stuff that will come part and parcel of oh, that. Yeah. And uh, they call it Toy Day, don't they? Yeah, Toy Day for Christmas. Turkey Day and Toy Day. Uh, so yeah. So that's it for the Switch News, and with that, it's time to move on to updates from the previous episode. Okay, Andrew, you've finished uh, Iconfell, uh, and you have some closing thoughts on that, I believe? Yes, I said a few episodes back when I introduced this game that this was my second choice game for that week, and we should all draw a lesson from that, because this game turned out to be really really good i think one of the better indie games i've played this year certainly certainly going to be on my top five list at the end of the year Uh, and i never stopped enjoying playing it it's just a great environment to explore this this magic school called eichenfell and you play as a girl named marit who is an ordinary basically a muggle she doesn't have any magic powers until she gets to the school then suddenly she does and part of the mystery of the game is discovering why that happened and I just really enjoyed the combat systems in this game I never stopped enjoying them Um, although once I did get a full party on the field the difficulty really went away Uh, I would often have to retry a boss two or three times to get past it at the start of the game by the end of the game even all the way up to the final boss just first attempt like I had to put in effort obviously but (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to miscast this game as being too easy or easy in the first place i definitely had to try to get past these bosses but i did get to a point where i was just i was just able to get past them by applying some strategy and by building my characters intelligently but the thing i really want to mention with this game is the music i think that's might be the best element in this game uh uh, how how surprising the music was because it it starts off as just kind of this 8-bit knockoff you know kind of kind of uh higher quality 8-bit music than maybe you expect then suddenly it starts throwing i don't think it's live instrumentation i think it's still synth instruments but it 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 elevates it from beeps and boops to like real synth instrumentation and then you get into some fights that just have lyrics and backing tracks to them like one of them even though this is set in a magic school called eichenfell that never references the real world one of them it has a rap that talks about bob ross and martin luther so (laughs) it's a unique (laughs) soundtrack and uh i really enjoyed it i I highly recommend this game if you're into 
into indie RPGs, because this is one of the better ones this year. Uh, I noticed on the notes you had it pegged as a Harry Potter fanfiction. Like I said, I've got nothing really to add to that other than if you want to watch something without supporting a transphobe uh, that's of a similar vein, I highly recommend Little Witch Academia yeah. on Netflix, because it, it's amazing, uh, and as far as I can tell, there's no uh, relation to transphobia in with their creator, so yeah, check that out as an alternative for the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, like, um, I, I don't I don't want to make that sound like a negative thing where I'm comparing it to a Harry Potter fanfic, but <laughs> the similarities are impossible to deny. Like, the main character is one half of a sister duo. She's the younger sister. They both have red hair. One of them is a witch. One of them is a muggle. That's Lily and <laughs> Petunia. <Yeah. laughs> That's straight out of here. There's the groundskeeper who's really big and hairy. That's Hagrid. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on about this stuff. They just went, isn't this Harry Potter? But then they really went their own way with it. Like, by the end of the game, it really was the super... Excuse me. By the end of the game, the similarities to Harry Potter were very superficial, whereas at the start I was like, this is a Harry Potter fanfic. <laughs> so I, I don't want that to come across as like me bashing the game or saying that's a bad thing. That was just my immediate impression was, a lot of this reminds me of Harry Potter. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. And like uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, a lot of the characters uh, have a variety of gender identities, and like there's seriously, once you get into the castle, there are no straight male relationships in this game at all <laughs> which i kind of loved because like you know i can play any other game and invariably i'll be playing as a straight male main character in this game it's like all the characters that should have been in those games have kind of found refugee status in this game and i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool um yeah so this also sounds like a good alternative to harry potter um yeah, so that's that. Uh, for me, uh, the other thing I wanted to really raise was... So I've been continuing with Skyrim uh, until Hyrule Warriors turned up. Uh, that's on the back burner till that's finished. Um, yeah, just, just got off of Morrowind and I've been following the main quest a little bit more. Uh, but the thing that I kind of accidentally played this week was Diablo 3. I booted that back up on a whim on my Switch Lite. Uh, loaded up my... Uh, launch campaign necromancer uh, who was uh, level 54 or thereabouts uh, after I finished the main campaign and I went into the adventure mode which uh, you know Andrew yelled at me umpteen times to play when it first came out uh, and yeah so I thought I'd have a crack at getting the hitting the level cap uh, and I have done that with my necromancer uh, so the adventure mode is as you know as you advised me before it, it takes the uh, base campaign maps but gives you very little bite-sized uh, but rewarding uh, chunks of it to play through uh, there's like a things called bounties on each uh, world map area and there's like five on each and some bosses if you want to beat them uh, and it's just such a a quick breezy way to level up your character like I was seriously getting a level every like every bounty um, which really suits the the way I'm using the switch light at the moment which is if I'm just waiting for something in the house or playing you know for 10 minutes before bed I can just uh, grind up a couple of levels and then uh, move on and pick it back up the next day uh, yeah but I found um, when I went back in I would the difficulty was really trivial so I, I did a thing I don't tend to do in these sorts of games and I bumped it up 
uh, a level to the hardest, the harder one. Uh, and that was still trivial, so I bumped it up to expert, which is the the highest it would let me have at this point. And yeah, so I had the the level cap hit within like a day, uh, and then did a couple of the paragon levels, which I believe are points that carry across all your characters. Uh, but I wanted to start a new character just for you know start at the beginning again, you know, build up the loot and sort of figure out what. Uh, what best loot fits that and go through all those rhythm rhythms so I started a uh, crusader uh, and that's been a lot of fun I'm already up to like level 25 so uh, I and it's starting the difficulty starting to become trivial again so I'm, I'm at that point where I'm probably going to bump up the difficulty and you know, speed up that leveling process uh, it's kind of become a little obsession now like when I when I start mm-hmm. doing a, a world's bounties I can't stop until I finish that world's bounties regardless of if I move on to the next ones or not. Uh the other thing I was finding with the crusader was that bosses were taking forever and a day to go down like they weren't difficult they weren't really damaging me and I was hailing like constantly because of my gear. It's just the fights were taking forever. Uh you mentioned when we were talking about that the uh, blessed hammer would help heaps and you weren't kidding because that has again that that's been a large factor as to why the difficulties just suddenly become really trivial um so yeah so that that's probably the reason why i'm going to bump it up again but uh yeah i I can't wait now to to hit the cap on this one and and play as someone else Uh, i'm going to try and alternate it between like a a melee character and a you know like a mage style character uh yeah it it just diablo this uh, adventure mode just really suits that pick up and play aspect of it which is ironically the thing that put me off trying this mode for quite a while so yeah so that I'm loving Diablo again there it's it's really cool I did just see a, a news thing on the switch page they've just done another season season 22 so there's other reasons to jump in as well if you're still interested in this game yeah uh, that's about it that's that's the non-new stuff Let's jump on to the stuff we've uh, been playing this week. Okay, well let's start with the game and watch. Uh, Tori, I believe yours arrived back in the last week? Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. Ah, nice. Uh, mine turned up on Friday. Uh, after being stuck in stasis somewhere for God knows how long. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Andrew, you decided not to get one. Yeah, once I saw pictures of how big it actually was, I was like, yeah, never mind, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I already wasn't sure I was going to play this much, and then once I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm definitely never going to play this, so <laughs> I thought I'd save myself some money this holiday season. I'll put it this way, I'm probably never going to play this, um, and never was going to, but I'm still glad I own own it, even though it's largely pointless. Um so, the Game & Watch Super Mario Edition. This is another way to play the original Super Mario Brothers, and it's a Japanese sequel, Super Mario Brothers 2, The Lost Levels, over here, only released on the originally on the uh, All-Stars collection on SNES. It's basically just a Game & Watch from back in the day. Uh, you can look at the time uh, and play these other games. It's also got the old Game & Watch game, Balls, where you play as Mario juggling and you have to try and get the hands in the right spot to catch the balls and there's no way this is sounding safe for work, but okay, I'm just going to progress through it. (laughs) 
Remember classic Sega Mega Drive game Balls? Yeah, that was that was pretty good, and that that was the answer to not having Virtua Fighter on the Mega Drive at that time. Which and then they did do a two D Virtua Fighter, which made no sense because you know that was all about the three D space. Anyway, anyway I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's not much you can say about it other than that it's a nice collectible. Uh, and you can tell that's the case because I'm going to praise the packaging because it is really awesome. It's got the uh, the retro style cardboard. It looks like the old Game on Watch uh, boxes. Uh, it's got this lovely plastic sleeve with Super Mario details imposed over it. Uh, and it's currently on my shelf sat next to my original Legend of Zelda clamshell Game on Watch. There is some stuff hidden away in it. Uh, in the time mode, there's a bunch of Easter eggs. You can change the the stage for the time and the way the blocks look uh, and if you hold the a button for five seconds you can see a video called the mario drawing song which teaches you how to draw mario with some simple steps uh tori did you find this or did you see this yeah i uh i also saw that um if you speak any language other than english on this thing <laughs> yeah there's a bit of a, a glitch where the, all of the other languages are mismatched Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they can't update it, so <laughs> I didn't see that. Um, but yeah, that's cute. Uh, I'm probably gonna cut in that song right now. It's only thirty seconds, so you'll get to hear it for yourselves. But it's kind of funny and cute. Take a page and a pen, draw a big The only like legitimate gameplay criticism I have about the device itself is that because it's got rubber buttons, much like the old Game & Watches, uh, those aren't really the ideal for the hyper-precision required for some of the dif- difficult levels of the original Super Mario Bros., let alone Lost Levels, which is just a, you know, it's basically an early trolling game. Yeah, that, that was the only thing that I found uh, negative about you know the the device itself, which it's not a, a fault of the device. It's built to to spec. It's built to be like an old game and watch. It just doesn't particularly suit that game very well. I've been falling into um, pits a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, a handy tip for people who aren't great at Super Mario, like myself, if you hold down the A button on the start screen, you get infinite lives. Oh. Hmm. Uh, one thing I didn't check, does it still have the uh, Infinite Continue cheat? Infinite Continue? Yeah, it's a, a thing that barely anyone has ever heard of, but when you die in Super Mario, if you hold a certain co- uh, button combo, I can't remember what it is, I think it's just holding start, uh, while it while it goes through the death rows, it just puts you back into the level that you were at. I don't with know three lives. that, because there's not really a start button. Yeah, uh, I wonder if there is an equivalent. It could be. I mean, maybe it's the Infinite Lives cheat. Yeah. Um, I also heard that if you beat the game, you can go into hard mode, but it's like permanently unlocked. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Uh, It's a mode that you can select on the start screen after you beat the game once. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Um, 
Has anyone, have either of you played uh, Lost Levels all the way through? No. Because uh, I haven't. <laughs> no, Andy, I'm not a god. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I was just trying to look up what the actual button combo is for that cheat, but it's uh, it's just bringing up things for Game & Watch, so that's probably a separate thing. Um, so yeah, so that's that. <laughs> it, it's utterly pointless, but I, I'm glad I've got one. Uh, what about you, Tori? Yeah, I'm actually using it as like a bedside clock, um, just keeping it plugged in. Yep. Um, I have to turn the sound off because every now and then the the coin Easter egg where it turns all the blocks into coins, mm-hmm. uh, it'll just randomly activate and I just get woken <laughs> up by bling, 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 bling. So that's not it, good. <laughs> it doesn't have an alarm, does it? No. Um, uh, I got asked about that. For someone looking to use it as an alarm clock, and unlike the uh, NES and Super Nintendo Classic consoles, this one doesn't have the data pins from the USB port plugged into the main board. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be any modding for this one, unfortunately, or even system updates. Yeah, that's a shame with the the language bug. I didn't know about that. <laughs> it's it's a bit unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Mario Brothers, on even on the NES, if you die, you hold start at that exact time, uh, and just after it's too late to pause, you'll begin the level exactly where you died. Oh. The more you know. Yeah, I, I only found that out like three years ago and was t- the, like the seven-year-old me screamed in pain. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd known that. Yeah. So, so that's the game and watch. Uh, pointless, but if you're a collector and uh, have any nostalgia for the original, you'll probably get some enjoyment out of it. Moving on, uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Uh, Andrew, commiserations. Uh, your parcel hasn't yet arrived, or uh, just didn't get straight up didn't get delivered, uh, even though you're watching the tracking. I watched, thanks to the wonders of modern technology watched the delivery tracker drive right by my house on the map stop and turn around and then stop in front of my house again got the email that my delivery was finished and had been left in and I quote your preferred safe space which I have never informed the company I order games from that I have a preferred safe place and is nowhere to be found so <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to keep things in perspective like I have almost a thousand Switch games uh, like right now I'm doing Black Friday shopping through Best Buy and I'm buying games for myself uh, <laughs> I've got <laughs> before the weekend started I went and I bought myself stuff to make myself spaghetti and meatballs for dinner this weekend so like I, I don't have much to complain about uh, as far as my life <laughs> so I'm not going to go off the handle about this but i i was really frustrated at the time uh and uh i'm not gonna lie that uh my twitter presence during those few hours where i was trying to find my package was not my most shining moment <laughs> but i've played the demo so i don't have much to contribute but uh, that's the best i could do I, I wouldn't feel bad about being annoyed you're allowed to feel bad about the things that uh, you know a, feel within your control, and B, are within the situation in which you live. That's okay. Um, 
I don't think it's uh, disrespectful to anyone who you know who might be doing it tough. It's just you know you can only be annoyed by the things that uh, that happen to you, and yeah, I would find that annoying. I'm actually terrified because I've got a uh, PS5 on pre-order from Amazon uh, coming like just before Christmas and there's all these reports in the UK and the US that delivery drivers are swapping them out for uh, air fryers or you know massive bags of cat food and yeah um, it, no fault seems to be at Amazon's door it seems to be uh, you know dodgy delivery drivers I mean I guess they must sublet the delivery out to, to local companies or whatever so maybe it's a thing they can solve before that comes, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure this time of year they're hiring extra for yeah. holiday deliveries too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and there's some horror stories. There's one guy who was taking delivery of both for him and his brother, and they brought they gave them one and said, "I'll just go back to the truck and get the other one," and then just drove off and marked it as delivered. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, surely they can't earn that much on it from eBay, you know, as compared to their actual living wage. But who knows. So yeah, so now I'm worried about that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Hyrule Warriors. Uh, I'm about halfway through. Actually, I looked up a level list. I think I'm at exactly the halfway point. Um, I've been going slower than I expected because unexpectedly I'm doing all the side stuff, uh, which I hadn't thought I would. Um, oh, God. I don't know how long it is. I don't know how far in I am percentage-wise. Yeah, I read about thirty hours, but just looking at the level list, there's twenty level like main story chapters, and I'm I'm just starting chapter ten very soon. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah. So we we spoke a little bit last week about the demo, which gave you two levels and a couple of uh, you know side quests, uh, challenges. Um, first off, I, I I raised some performance issues with the demo. Uh, I felt it looked a bit choppy to begin with. Um, I finding that that's been fairly that worry has been unfounded a little bit um i'm quite happy with how it performs although we've got a, a mutual on twitter who who was complaining that one of the levels took it down to like under 20 frames per second and was choppy uh, i just on the same level and i hadn't experienced anything like that when i played the oh, demo man. i didn't even really notice the frame rate problems but as always i had the disclaimer that i tend not to notice those things so <laughs> I, I i do I usually do yeah and I didn't notice it in the demo, but I'm noticing it a lot in the campaign. Oh, well. Yeah, I've not had that at all. And I, I feel like um, the only... I'm like Andrew, like, I don't really care about the frame rate as long as the game feel is okay. Um, and I've not had any situation where I felt like it's been lagging or chugging. Yeah. I, I, at no point would I describe it as chugging or like a slideshow or anything like that. I, I think it's been running fine. I just did one level where you uh, are trying to transport Zelda from one end of the map to the other within a time frame. Yeah. That level throws the most enemies I've seen on screen at any one time in a Warriors game, and the the, the performance was perfect, like utterly perfect, and even better than earlier, you know, than earlier on in the game. Um, I don't think it runs as well as the original Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Broadly speaking, but there's been nothing here that's made me go, oh, this isn't fun, or this is damaging to the experience. So yeah, so that's where I was with that. I, I had performance fears from the demo, not from the full experience. Um, what are you playing on? Are you playing on the light, or are you playing on the big one? Uh, I'm yeah, playing on the big one on the screen. Okay. 
Okay. Do you have the new model? No, I've got okay. the launch model still, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out with the uh, the other guy as well. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I love this game. I'm. Oh, yeah. I I don't I can tell it's going to be a strong contender for my uh, Switch game of the year. I I don't want to be one of those people that picks like the last game they played because that happens a lot where it's just like this one's fresh in my memory and I liked it a lot. That's game of the year, um, especially in a year where I spent like four hundred hours on Animal Crossing or something <laughs> stupid like that. Um, but ah, uh, this this game is so much fun. Uh, the com- it, it's largely down to the combat, which, uh, as you expect with Warrior games, is you know simplistic, but fun as hell and flashy, and it's never not enjoyable. Uh, there is a, a lot of people that misunderstand what Warrior's games are about and go, "Oh, the combat's really simplistic; it's rubbish." Whereas the combat isn't the point. The point is the plate spinning that the levels throw at you. Yeah. Uh, like the sudden change in objectives and that sort of thing and how to deal with it and how to manage your people and where they are so you can use them effectively should something else crop up. Like, that's the point rather than the combat itself. But the combat itself is really, really, really incredibly fun. Um, One thing that I've seen in a lot of the reviews for Age of Calamity has been this idea of a thing called 1 versus 100. Or it's like you're mm-hmm. one character and you take out 100 enemies at a time and the gameplay that comes about, you know, with that idea, which I think is a lot more evocative than just calling it Musou. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I hope that catches on since I've been hearing it so much. I don't know where that came from, but that idea is out there now. Yeah, I like that. Um, so you, you'll have only had a chance to play with uh, like two or three characters, Andrew. So it would have been Zelda, Link, and Impa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so all all those like Zelda out of those three is easily the most fun. Uh, I've been creating a running list of characters that I like playing as and characters I do not. Uh, so the characters I like playing at is a lot bigger. So I've got Link, Zelda, uh, Mifa, uh, Urbosa, which is my absolute favorite. Um, yeah, so excited to, to play Urbosa. <laughs> yeah, she's so, so good. good. Her electric charge abilities are fantastic. Um, and if you're just looking for a good all-rounder for the main missions, who can move between places really quickly, Rivali is great for that, because you can just fly on the spin of a hat and just, you know, speed past enemies really quickly. The good thing uh, about him is that he's actually got two different movesets. Yeah. One airborne, one on the ground. Yeah, you can really change up your, your strategy with him. Uh, the characters I do not like so far, and I'm sure I've got more to, to come, but uh, Daruk... I don't like, he's just way too slow for what I enjoy playing. Um, I, I have Imper on here, but I'm slowly warming to her. Um, I don't, I, she just didn't gel with me in the first couple of levels, um, but I've been doing some of her challenges, and they're, they're a lot more fun. I really liked Impo, what little I played of it with her. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just used to playing melee characters, and it just took me a little while to warm warm into it. Um, Hestu... I detest. I cannot stand playing as the stupid tree. It's not, not good. O- not only does he have Daruk's slowness, but his uh, attacks do barely any damage. Um, and yeah, I'm just avoiding him at all costs. So they're, they're the ones I've unlocked at the moment. Do you know what uh, chapter you're up to, Tori? Uh, so I'm looking at the list. So it's 20 story levels 
over seven mm-hmm. chapters. Yep. I'm up to chapter five, so I'm around like level 13 to 15. I can't okay. remember where exactly. I think I'm 13. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I, I'm approaching the 30s, but I have been spending a lot of my rupees on uh, training my team up and getting the weapons up. Uh, I'm going so slow because every time I do a side mission, like five more pop up. Yeah, I'm having that. Um, I would be a lot further than this if it wasn't for the, the side missions. Uh, so we should talk about those. Good yeah. segue. Uh, so uh, Andrew was a massive fan of the adventure mode in the previous game, which gave you like you know maps from, from the series and you would do lots of little mini challenges with lots of things to unlock. Um, in Age of Calamity, they sort of put these into the main campaign as side quests. Uh, so there's like there's some standard ones for each character so you'll get like a training one for each character where you have to kill 300 enemies within a short space of time Uh, you get ones that are framed as you know like uh, ways to stem attacks from monsters so you'll get into a little skirmish and you'll have to do a couple of little objectives Uh, and these uh, pop up in between uh, story missions sometimes if you beat one of the challenges Another, another few will pop up in its place, you know, zombie mode. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I, I do have... Whereas, so stepping into adventure mode in Hyrule Warriors, I found daunting, like, especially after what was already a decent-sized campaign. Because um, here they're sort of spread out like a handful between each main story mission. It's making them a bit more palatable for me to want to approach them. And because in Warriors games, those missions can be long and arduous it's nice to have that little you know bite-sized chunk before you move on to the next story mission um so that putting them in this way is making them more palatable for me um this feels like it's a stronger use for someone like me than in the original Hyrule Warriors but I am still finding them less interesting than the story missions so I I have the the sense that I'm going to drop them in the final third uh, you know, depending on how difficult they get or how the uh, difficulty's rising. They do ramp up. Yeah. And, and because I've stayed on top of all of them so far, uh, I, I'm i way over-leveled for the story missions. So I, I feel like you are actually meant to leave some of them and come back to them. Yeah. Um, uh, w- what I'm liking, though, is that it's not just adventure mode that's incorporated on the map, but also character upgrades. Yes. So uh, you'll you will get like crafting materials. I mean, that's essentially what it is. You'll get you'll get uh, materials you find uh, from you know finding enemies. They'll they'll drop you know items from Breath of the Wild. You know, like uh, mobbling guts or you know meat and all that sort of stuff. And then on the map they have icons. So there'll be like a, a recipe icon. So you'll donate some of your supplies to create a recipe, and then you'll learn that recipe so you can use it before you go into a mission to add a modifier so some of the useful ones have been or that I've seen have been like things like uh, 50% less fire damage um, I've never, I've not actually used any of these yet I, I've got that uh, element of um, maybe I'll need it later uh, <laughs> so I, I should just get over that and use some because uh, so, some of them do seem like they'll make some of the missions a bit easier uh, Andy, what if you need it later? it's true, well, you're right <laughs> The, the thing is, though, is that you can just get more. 
Yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, you can also, like, each character has an icon that will appear on the map which represents, like, a training activity. So these are these are all, like, passive things. You don't actually do anything, but you get a complete mark when you click on it. Uh, and that will give you, like, extra moves in your combo string or extra hearts. Uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. And that's where you bolster, like, your character's stats and abilities uh, outside of just leveling them up. Uh, for the shops, uh, blacksmiths and training, uh, all those things you can access on the map. But you can also uh, hit the, you know, the triggers to put it back into that normal menu-based system if you're finding the map annoying or confusing. Um, initially, I was finding it annoying trying to find which of the, uh, you know, character development or recipe stuff that I could do. But then I realized uh, earlier today that they actually flash if you if you're allowed to do them if you have the yeah. items to do. Though them. I wish they would kind of have like a list or sort of UI specific for each character. Yeah. Um, but the, the the other thing I was finding with that is that the when you've completed one of those, the color is still yellow. It's just a slightly faded yellow. Yeah. I wish, <laughs> Whereas, I wish there was a filter. Yeah, something like that. Or if there was a way just to see the combat side missions, like just to mm. narrow it so I can just see those and go, yep, these are the ones I still need to do. Uh, they at least turn blue once you finish them. That's the other thing that they incorporate into the map, which is you know their way of trying to take that original formula and you know making it feel more like Breath of the Wild, uh, which is a thing I think they do really, really, really well. <laughs> like uh, every map feels like it was just pulled out of Breath of the Wild. Um, the Gerudo Desert, in particular, I just love. Because uh, even, like, the uh, the palace there is just laid out exactly the same. You can even get inside some of the rooms as much as it's pointless. Um, <laughs> like, it just feels pulled out of the, the game that it's inspired from. Uh, visually, visually, it's, it's you know, design-wise, it's perfect. Uh, all, all the the music is here. The only thing I'm undecided on at the moment is the story. So a couple of weeks ago, we we heard from the demo that they'd added in the time travel element, which people thought they were going to use to invalidate the game as the precursor to Breath of the Wild. Um, and I argued that you know it's a warrior's game; it's going to have some of that warrior silliness to it. It really doesn't. No, they put such a heavy emphasis on it at the start, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of disappears yeah you you kind of forget that it happened and the the tone is just perfectly breath of the wild which i'm i'm kind of delighted with as much as i expected it to still be a bit silly yeah um i'm actually liking a lot of the stuff with um master koga mm-hmm. just fleshing out the yiga clan mm-hmm. a, a little bit more but overall having a world having the world of breath of the wild with actual life in it Mm-hmm. I think is just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, the way the way it just uh, like the tone, I guess, is what I'm getting at. They've got the tone perfect, uh, and the story plays out much in the same way as uh, Breath of the Wild, where often you'll forget it's even there, and then they'll hit you with a you know like the memories cutscene or like that. That's what it feels like. But this here, you're actually actually experiencing it firsthand. Yeah, but yeah, the levels are just. You know, if the layout is there in Breath of the Wild, then the layout exists here. Uh, something you touched on last week was the original Hyrule Warriors. The uh, the maps often felt like they were very like grid like, mm. and all the uh, fortresses were 
um, squares. Squares, you know, like set squares. Here, they actually feel more uh, organic, and you know, the, the, it feels like a more natural map than. Yeah, it's to the point where I forget that I'm in a like a garrison or something. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or I've had that thing where, like, am I in here or not? Yeah. <laughs> And then you then you see the the bar like the fort health I guess yeah I've been relying on that to know if I'm in a fort or not when I when it's really like in a sort of um, for lack of a better word like a hallway of sorts yeah instead of a room it's just more like a it's along a path or something like that it's just a section yeah. of path that's just cut out and that's the the fortification yeah. Yeah, that that feels a lot better. Um, the one thing, sorry, I did forget to mention in the combat. Um, I completely missed this last time. I, I was using the uh, the ice power to get you know high enough to hit the enemies in their weak spot, which is a valid tactic. Um, but some of them here actually have uh, attacks that um, you know they'll highlight one of the uh, chic slate abilities, and if you match that. With the right ability, you'll stop them in their tracks and have a chance to, to get down their stagger meter. Um, so, for example, one will rush at you and the padlock will appear above them, so you'll just use the uh, stasis thing to lock them in place, wail on them, and then that will stagger them for you to, to knock down that meter. I love doing uh, the magnesis when they throw yeah, a, a hammer yeah. at you and you just... You pull their weapon out of the air and, and throw it hit back. them with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I think the combat here is a, a lot more involved than the original High War Warriors, where I feel like I was just going through the motions a lot, uh, you know, hacking and slashing, whereas here it feels like I have to pay more attention uh, and react to what the enemy's doing Yeah, more. Um, and I also like the way every character uses those abilities completely differently, so you have to adjust. Uh, so if an, mm. an enemy charges at you and you want to use the ice power to stagger them, like Urbosa's is not the best at that so you have to time it and use it in a different way Ravalis is really good at it yeah because um, he just um, does like four of those blocks and just drops them in a mm-hmm. kind of wall so it's got like a really big hitbox yeah whereas uh, a Bosa's is you, it drops it behind them and you're meant to knock them into it yeah um, um, there was also Mifa's use of the stasis ability keeps throwing me off mm-hmm. because everybody else you have control over the the attacks but Mifa seems to just kind of like wait mm-hmm. and then you press X to attack once mm-hmm. but she doesn't do anything with any of the other buttons so you're just sitting there going why aren't you moving <laughs> <laughs> until you remember yeah I haven't used her as much as I like I, keep, I just can't look past her Bosa because she's so good it's interesting that all of the characters feel so vastly different to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the first Hyrule Warriors, it felt like there was a, a lot of overlap between characters. Yeah, there was Even like if, one or two standouts, but... Yeah, but this one, they're, they're completely, completely different from each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that's true of the entire Warrior series. Like they have a that reputation where all you do is press the Y button until you win, which is not true. Uh, there's a lot of differentiation between the characters, and especially in Hyrule Warriors, like that's true to some extent, especially with Link 
and I think that's one of the game's bigger problems is it's so easy to play as Link, and Link is so mm-hmm. idiot-proof to play as him that it gives a bad impression of the depth of the other characters, but like mm-hmm. almost every character has some unique mechanic to them that you really have to learn how to use it effectively to really excel at playing as the character and it's sounding like age of calamity they're they're really stepping out and making it so that way you actually have to learn this versus just uh yeah i I think that's the difference is that age of calamity is going these are the differences like while you're learning them whereas originally in hyrule worries it's these are the differences at high level play Mm -hmm. um you can play most of the characters pretty similarly in the first one but this one you know oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like an example like doing um just mashing y with zelda mm-hmm. will not get you that far at all like a lot of her combos are actually with the x button yeah you yeah. have to mix it up and then also and, uh, every character has like a, a special trigger attack that they use with the right with the zr trigger and zelda's hers will actually activate the the rune she's using since she uses the Sheikah Slate as her basic weapon. So like at the start mm-hmm. of the combo, she's using I think it's Magnesis to drag an iron block around. The second combo is Cryonis, and then the third combo is she'll have a, a remote Bombs? bomb out that she's hitting enemies with. So then if you hit mm-hmm. X on the remote bomb, then she'll fling that out for the end of the combo and then you can hit the ZR trigger and mm-hmm. that will make the bomb explode. So there's actually a lot yeah. of depth to especially with Zelda. Uh to these combos yeah why is like selecting which rune and then x is where you like develop the combo mm-hmm. and then you finish with zr at any point in the combo yeah it's almost like killer instinct style like where, where do you end the combo to to do the most damage yeah um, um but they all have different zr functions as well mm-hmm. like Urbosa will charge her lightning Mm-hmm. Um, Daruk will explode any magma that he creates or any rocks that he creates in his combos. Mm-hmm. Um, have you used Link's two-handed weapon? I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> so uh, if you use a heavy attack with a two-handed weapon, you sacrifice part of your health temporarily, um, which is a really good risk-reward thing. And if you collect uh, food... While fighting, you can actually you can buy that back. But yeah, that that's a really interesting way to play. I haven't used it too often because I've I've just got the master sword and it's way overpowered. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, the the even within the characters, there's ways to mix up their uh, their attack their attacking styles. I've done, I've just done the spear uh, challenge as well, which was also pretty fun. And I, I nearly switched to spears entirely till I got the uh, master sword. Yeah, it's um, just um, it's just cool how different the characters are. Yeah, and even just within the characters' move sets as well. Yeah, uh, I'm really digging that. Um, yeah, uh, the one thing I didn't talk about is the divine beast sections. So uh, the point where it stops you at the demo, Andrew, uh, is where you recruit the four champions. Mm-hmm. I was mad. Um, they, they put the icons on there, and I was like, oh, they're actually letting me play quite a bit. I can't wait to play as Urbosa. Yeah. I was like, this is the end of the demo. You have to play. I think I was like, Jammer! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I like how they give Homer and his giant cookie. Oh, give me hooked and then jack up the price. Um, yeah, so... I, 
after you recruit each one, you get like a little uh, taste of using the Divine Beast, which is, uh, you know, you just basically move through a, a, a straight line and try and kill as ma- many enemies as you can before you get to the end. Um, hmm. they're, they're kind of throwaway, uh, I think. Um, the gimmicky. Yeah, they're gimmicky, but they do break up that. You know, if, yeah. if, you, if you're someone who's finding the combat basic and monotonous, it does help to break that up a little bit. Um, the disappointing but, part is that there are side missions with them, and it's mm-hmm. the exact same level, just with slightly yeah. different enemy layout. Yeah, that's what I'm finding too. Um, and the most interesting one is the flying one. Oh, by far. Yeah, because you actually get some agency over whereabouts you fly, but it's, it's still sort of contained within a little circle, isn't it? So. Yeah. But with that, I like that you can switch between the, the guns from top and bottom. Yeah, like Ravali, he's got two sort of move sets because mm-hmm. the ZR does a different thing depending on if it's top or bottom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, so halfway through, um, honestly, it's straight into contention for my uh, Switch game of the year. Uh, it's going to take a pretty dramatic downturn for that to change. At this point, I'm uh, I've been sat here zombie like for two days, just constantly. Tapping the wipe button, uh, <laughs> uh, just to be snarky about other complaints. Um, but yeah, I yeah I, I adore it so far. I think it's a huge, uh, it's, well, even if you're just talking campaign, I think it's a huge improvement over the original High High Rule Warriors. I liked that a lot, but uh, the the tone this one sets and the way it's laid out is this is just more a lot more appealing to me. Um, yeah, can't wait to play more. Yeah, uh, hopefully I can finish it this week, depending on if they slow down with the side missions. <laughs> um, it's just right. hard to, like, justify moving on with the story when there's, like, ten icons. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping that we get some extra stuff on this post-launch, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, and then I look forward to playing the deluxe edition with the... Uh next switch on the switch too (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew I'm sorry yours didn't turn up this week but uh, hopefully you get it in the next couple of days and you can uh, update us on your uh, more detailed thoughts next week Um, I'm glad you enjoyed the demo (laughs) (laughs) short though it was I think there was like four actual playable levels in it but Mm -hmm. about an hour and 15 minutes it took me to play the whole thing so kind of disappointed it was that short but oh well it's not like I don't uh, have at least you get to carry it yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like I don't have you'll 2,000 get... other games to play anyway <laughs> <laughs> you'll get you'll get to jump right into the good part yeah. collecting all the champions yeah but actually when I get the, my physical copy I'm actually going to start over <laughs> with my save file because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want all my playtime to be accurately represented even though it's only an hour this is this is the kind of person i am (laughs) okay uh, well that's it for the show okay folks what are we playing in the coming week uh andrew we'll start with you there's a new permadeath proc gen game out that i think looks really cool it's called star renegades it's supposed to have the nemesis system from shadow of mordor kind of like an indie Mm. spin on that mixed into it so i don't know uh (laughs) i I need to play something next week and that might be it but 
we I might play something else instead. Because <laughs> I have too many of those games that I haven't finished, and I just can't justify buying another one. <laughs> uh, Tori? Uh, Age of Calamity. Um, just going to get as many of those side missions done as possible. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to finish Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. I, I, the way I'm going on it, I can't envisage that I won't have it finished by the weekend. Um, and then back to Skyrim until Empire of Sin arrives, uh, which I remembered to pre-order today. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the End Focus podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes because that really helps us to get noticed. And you can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X, part of the Game Podular Network, where they are digging into those brand new PlayStation 5s and Xbox 2020 consoles and all their last-gen ports that are so amazing. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with our lively Game Podular community, and you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. And links are down there in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Patreon member, and those details for both are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andy Corrigan, and you can follow him on Twitter at FlameRoastToast. I am at PlayCritically, and Tori is at Stu2. That's S-T-W-T-W-O. Thank you.